podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week's podcast was sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, Australia. Thanks to Miriam and her company's huge generosity, we are West Ham are going down under this summer where I'll be flying out to Perth for West Ham's two pre-season friendlies against Tottenham Hotspur and Perth Glory. I'll also be hosting a live podcast event in Adelaide, none of which would have been possible if it wasn't for Miriam's generosity. So, if you are selling a property or need any conveyancing services whatsoever in Adelaide or the wider Australia area, then make sure you give Miriam a shout. Miriam Errington Conveyancing, who is the sponsor of this week's We Are West Ham podcast. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and West Ham United are European champions after last night's 2-1 Europa Conference League final victory against Fiorentina. I'm here with my mate James Jones in the Chechen capital, Prague. We both went to the game, we both agree it was one of the best nights of our lives and I'm sure as you can see by our appearance and hearing our voices, we certainly enjoyed the post-match celebrations. I do not know where to start. We're both feeling it today. It's absolutely indescribable how it felt to be there in the ground. We're so lucky to have both been there. Jonesy, I know you were feeling a bit ropey last night. How are you getting on today? I'm, I'm still lost for words, mate, if I'm honest. I went into that game with an open mind, had half half accepted that it was like, likely that we'd lose. But to win it in, in the fashion that we did... It's the best way to win a final, isn't it? 90th minute winner. Um, I'm, yeah, West Ham European champions. Well, I'm quick to give you grief a lot of the time for <laughs> yeah, being yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps an overly emotional West Ham fan. You like a cry at football, don't you, basically? Oh, yeah, there was a lot of tears yesterday. <laughs> there was a lot I, of tears. I don't think anyone will be surprised to hear that there were tears from you. However, what they might be surprised to hear is that there were copious tears from me <laughs> as well after the game. I was there with my dad who's just sitting behind camera at the moment. We've obviously been out like we did. In all the European adventures and all the away days we did last season, they were amazing. But last night was, it was weird, wasn't it? Like we both said, I didn't really speak after the final whistle that much. Because I just, A, we don't really know what to do, do we? (laughs) We must do well and actually win things. Yeah. 1980, which my dad was at, he's uh, 59 now, he was 16 when he was at Wembley to watch us win the next big thing he seen us win was last night and for those born you know from the mid 70s onwards really who won't really remember seeing West Ham win a bona fide competition when we don't know what to do do we and that's exactly how it felt for me yeah I was saying that to my brother and mates as well like, uh, this morning it's like we don't is this it like have we done it what right? What do we do now? Have we celebrated correctly? Like, it's just what clubs do, and like, I don't really, I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to behave. Um, I never thought. I, I did believe that one day in my life that I'd see West Ham win a trophy, mm. not a European one. Um, but yeah, it's just a strange way of. I don't really know what to do, and, and I don't think it'll ever be tops. No, well, it's never going to be tops. 
yeah, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we've been talking in the build-up about this is where West Ham is supposed to be. It's what we were promised yeah, in, uh, yeah, yeah. with the stadium move, that sort of thing. And it was all just a bit, as it was last year, Leon, away we spoke about it before, it was all just a bit overwhelming for mm. me last night anyway. I mean, the side Ben Rama, obviously, we were, one thing I will say, West Ham were rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we may well be European champions and we might have overcome Fiorentina with a 2-1 victory, which is glorious and we all reveled in it. West Ham were useless. <laughs> rubbish game of football. A terrible game of football. The first half in particular was dire. Uh, I didn't think Fiorentina created loads and there'll be fans listening going, well, you know, it's David Moyes football, this is what we got used to this season. But I, I genuinely thought it was, a, it was a rubbish game. West Ham were poor. Some of the times where it just looked so Sunday league, didn't it? There was opportunities to sort of try and play down the wings, but Emerson played really well. And we'd just go back to the defenders or Areola. They'd press high and we'd just, like, oink a long diagonal Sunday league style through ball and trying to expect Saeed Ben-Rama to beat one of their centre-halves in an aerial battle. And then it, if we were lucky, it would go out for a throw-in to us. But invariably, it didn't. They looked quicker, sharper, and all that sort of thing. Obviously, it doesn't matter, but what were your sort of feelings throughout the game? Well, I felt like going in to half-time half at 0-0 was important. I know they had that goal ruled out right at the end of the first half for, for offside. Um... I thought going in at nil nil, given the, the the lack of performance that we were seeing, was the best thing that we could have played for, <laughs> especially with a disallowed goal. Yeah, especially with a disallowed goal. And then second half is anyone's game again. You know, you go again, bit of a team talk, and see what happens. And then we come out for the first ten minutes of the second half, looking even worse even than we worse, did. Yeah, yeah. Half. And then yeah. and then we get a massively fortunate penalty. Um, yeah, it was handball. I would have been annoyed if that was awarded against, um, against us. Yeah, what, yeah. What is, what's, what's fortunate about it? I just think it was it was very soft. I know the handball rule is what it is these days. Um, it does. It, his hand does push it away from Bowen after he's chested it. So it does change. Yeah. It changes it. But I don't know. I thought I. I just hate that handball rule. Full stop. One, sorry, I'm just going to have to interrupt the football chat for two seconds. And as listeners to the podcast know, we do tend to kick off with how you're feeling, a little bit of life updates. What you may not know, James, the order listeners and the viewers may not know, is I'm absolutely petrified of pigeons. Oh, yeah. We're sitting here in, uh, in just outside the U Dominicana restaurant in central Prague. With all me, James, and my dad, we've had a nice little summit to eat and a few beers together. Uh, before we kicked off the uh, the YouTube record, Jonesy apparently thought it would be a good idea to leave two or three of his chips on the floor, and I think you've managed to attract 80% of Czech Republic's pigeon population. They are now putting me off, and I won't be able to concentrate what, what, for the what, remainder. What is it about pigeons that you're scared about, mate? Well, look at them. They're terrifying, aren't they? They're I mean, grubby. They are the, the, they are the rats of the, the skies, man, yeah. The rats with wings, exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, oh, right, they're harmless. Absolutely petrifying, mate. Well, you won't be saying it when they take over the world. Oh, yeah. Everyone's fearful of AI at the moment, but <laughs> pigeons, you should be saying AI pigeons, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, look, back to the footy. Uh, so, oh, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the game in a bit more detail in a bit. I don't think that penalty's fortunate. I... I as soon as you saw it, it's like you said, he controlled it. It wasn't out of Bowen's control. But it hits him on the hand, which makes it more difficult for him to pick up the ball on the other side of it. And then, you know, if, I, I think it's the other way. If you see that against your team, you go, oh, that's a pen. 
as soon as obviously the ref I thought was pretty terrible a bit of a classic European attention yeah, seeker yeah, yeah. but as soon as they called him over you think get in yeah. Yeah. but you, you felt like they were going to did you not? It, you had to just look at the reaction from the players to know that something happened. Something happened. It was clearly a handball of some sort. There. That's why they. That's why they went mental. They were yep. arms up in the air. Uh, I just having watched it back, uh, watched it back properly again this morning, and just felt like I don't know. I just say the hand, handball will full stop. It's too ambiguous. Um, and I would have been quite quite upset <laughs> if we didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. But look, um, obviously the it did get given. Yep. And Sai Ben Rama steps up, and I will admit, now you know obviously about my pledge to never ever again sing the Antonio song after his performance in Man United away in the FA Cup. I did feel like uh, Antonio's Instagram post was almost an indirect dig at me this morning, saying a picture of him with the the trophy in his hands um, lots of people have their opinions but it's only your own that matter I was alright Mikel Just, well, you might as well at me mate yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Saeed Benrahma steps up and I will admit that in support for him before the pen I did sing the Saeed Benrahma song uh, and he dispatched it absolutely brilliantly I don't think he had an excellent impact on the game overall but I think it was made harder for him with the style of play that we were pl- employing um, but Ultimately, in those pressure moments, that doesn't matter. He's more than earned his money by sticking the pen away. And you think, oh my God, dreamland, we don't deserve to be 1-0 up, but here we go. Here we are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, at that stage, what, what were you thinking? How were you feeling? Well, look, I found the second half flew by for me. Um, so I didn't. I thought we'd scored earlier. It was like, we scored in the 65th minute, I think the penalty was. So I thought we'd... I thought we still had like a full half and then when I realised we only had like 25 minutes to play I was like oh actually this this could be the winner mm. this could be the winner and as it was because Fiorentina rarely um, rarely threatened us I was like I don't feel uh, under a lot of pressure from them I don't feel like they're going to they're going to come at us and sc- there's a risk of them scoring two or three goals yeah that, um, that was clearly it wasn't it they were clearly the they were clearly the better side, but it didn't feel like they threatened us too much. And no. They obviously had a disallowed goal, so it sounds stupid saying that. But it didn't feel like Ariola was pulling out 100% rocket saves left, right and centre. No. They just had a lot of the ball, they looked sharper, their touch looked better and all that. They, they had another chance in the second half where, just after, just after they equalised, they had a chance where I've been mean Bonaventura... Uh, Missed the target, who like, sort of got cut back to him, and he should have hit the target really, and he, he put it wide. And that was their best chance, other than the goal they scored. Um, but yeah, other than that, they didn't. I didn't feel threatened by them at all, really. No, they 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 did, did just look good, though, didn't they? Yeah. Like, if anyone deserved a goal, if they were playing football well, <laughs> we were we were just clinging on, getting it and lumping it. Um, it was funny. It's, so I don't know where obviously I know where you were sat we, were, we weren't sat together unfortunately which we have done before at some of these European games um, both really lucky to, to get in by the way I'm just going to have to give a nod to both Heineken and BT Sport who were kind enough to sort out me and my dad for the game everyone will obviously have their views on uh, corporate sponsors corporate tickets all that sort of thing 
I've got 18 loyalty points. The actual tickets went down to 24. You know, those who know me and listen to the podcast know I'll put the effort in. I got to be there for a day I'll remember forever, an absolutely yeah. historic occasion. Uh, so yeah, just have to do, have to thank Heineken and BT Sport who sorted out me and Dad. Uh, I know you didn't get yours, Jonesy. You know you had to pay a few quid for yours, didn't you? The the, the nature of the small stadium meant that we couldn't get. You could only get 5,900 tickets for you know uh, points, point gaming fans yeah. or whatever. You put that in a proper ground, and most people like me and you would have had enough loyalty points to go and buy a ticket. Through normal means, so yeah, thanks Heineken and BT Sport for for sorting me out. I remember the the game forever. So as far as our, the seats go, I was sat about four rows back on the halfway line, pretty much opposite the tunnel, and it was a really peculiar sort of spot to watch the game from because first of all we'll go into all the other stuff with the cup throwing and uh, the Fiorentina statement and all that later on. I thought they were a really good football inside and I thought their fans were absolutely outstanding. Yep. They were non-stop singing the whole entire way through, created a really good atmosphere and to be honest the volume was where I was sat because I was bang in the middle and in a, not a neutral section but I had a Fiorentina fan two seats down from me, um, about eight or nine West Ham fans around me, lots of just neutral dignitaries as well. Um, but because you're bang in the middle you could sort of hear the opposing... Uh, fans chants and singing a volume Fiorentina far outperformed West Ham on, on a volume side of things I will caveat that with the fact that I think having a drum is cheating oh it must be cheating yeah. yeah make your own noise yeah exactly start chants with your claps innit? yeah yeah and I did get a bit of grief on Twitter before the game for posting a video look a couple of minutes before the kickoff of posting a video of the Fiorentina end and just making the point that there was vast amounts of empty seats in the top corners of their section and in the bottom right corner as you looked at the Fiorentina end. And, um, yeah, I got a load of grief saying, oh, they've all crowded into the middle. It's like, that looks like about a thousand empty seats. Yeah. I don't think they've all crammed into, like, ten rows in the middle or whatever. Um, but that aside, where we were sat, like I say, you had Fiorentina fans dotted around us as well. A tiny little bit of trouble threatened in the first half, but overall perfectly fine. When we're sat score, we're obviously all moaning anyway beforehand, thinking, oh, we're rubbish here. When we're sat score, we went absolutely mental. Like, respectfully, and we weren't, like, giving it to anyone or anything like that, but I literally had a three-seat gap and then a two Fiorentina fans next to me. Um... So I'm, I've obviously gone mental celebrating when Saeed puts the ball in the back of that. West Ham are massive. We got like surrounded by the neutrals going, are you lot all right? Like, what, you, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, but proper giving it some. So embarrassing when Fiorentina score an equaliser five minutes later. Yeah. I think it was 62 and 67 the goal times. Yes. I think my dad said. Uh, and it was like just for my own sort of levels of embarrassment. It would have been nice for us to hold on for at least 10 minutes until I'd calmed <laughs> down. But, um, yeah, it was just mad, wasn't it? You, you sort of felt, oh, we've got that against a run of play, but they're not creating much, so we could grind this out here. And then, yeah, five minutes later, Buenaventura pops up, excellent finish. And you're sort of like, oh, no, well, we, were, we sort of didn't deserve to score that one. Where are we going to find another goal from? 
Yeah, I felt I felt with the equaliser. Okay, well that, that kind of confirms that this is going to go into extra time. Probably penalties. Kind of was like, that's just what we're out there. Like, this is where it's going to go. It's going to go the distance. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> um, and then there's going to be a dilemma of you know, do you? We talked about it last week about the whole Fabian Anskin and the dilemma. Like, what's he going to do? Um, yeah, because I, like I said, I didn't feel like they were threatening enough to probably score a second, and I didn't think we were threatening enough to, to get a second either at the time. So yeah, they equalised, and I'm like, oh, penalties here then. Did you think that straight away, just straight to extra time? Yeah, I was like, this is where this is where it's going to go. I was, I was just like, worried it was a momentum thing, and they were. But they did after the equaliser. I felt like they probably got on top a little bit more. Um, obviously, we've. we've let be honest. Um, Here we got Bristol Dortmund fans by the looks of it. The joys of live podcasting in Dark yeah. City Centre, uh, by the way. Put me off my train of thought. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, so with the equalised, I thought, yeah, they, they, they had a bit more momentum and they did come on top a little bit more, but even then, they had more possession after that. They didn't use it. No, they didn't, they didn't make it count. Yeah, and that's what I was worried at the beginning. But then after about five minutes, it's like actually they're not really doing much with the ball. No, no, quite. I think if you're a Fiorentina fan, you'd probably there'd probably be a frustration of oh, we're playing nice football here. Any danger of creating a chance, though, lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Bonaventura equalises, pressures mounting. Did you? I enjoyed the second half a little more. Obviously, because we scored, and then the, obviously the eventual winner. Uh, you said you couldn't see it coming. Lucas Paqueta, who I thought was arguably our least, the least average of all of our players yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I don't think anyone was properly terrible. Uh, we'll go on to sort of individual performances in a minute. But Lucas Paqueta picks up the ball in the middle of the park. He had a, an odd evening, I thought, but overall okay. Um, threads a needle of the eyeball through to Jared Bowen who sprints onto it and where I was sat I was slightly behind where Bowen and the line of defenders were when the ball was played so there was I would say I was about there was a 40% chance in my head he was offside and he runs through on goal and I said this to you straight after the game I couldn't really compute everything that was happening as it was happening because I'm he's through on goal so I'm like well it's Bowen he's going to score it's not like Antonio earlier in the game where he was through on goal and he just made a complete noise of it Jared Bowen's through on goal well this is going in and I'm trying to like decide how likely it is he was offside compute that it's really late in the game and if this counts West Ham have probably won this game in this competition and it was all just a bit much, and I ended up. Sort of my celebration was odd. I was just like, yeah. And like, but like, froze. For those of you listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, I've actually put an effort into the filming this week, by the way, so worth watching on YouTube if you can. Um, yeah, I was just sort of like leaning back, not jumping up and down or anything, looking at the sky. But there was a little bit of me that was thinking, oh, VR, I'm going to ping it. And I sort of hate that I didn't give it full cojones or full whatever the full bananas whatever the phrase is another one of my analogies for the goal because I was a smidge worried he might be offside no 
I mean, where, where we were sitting, we were right in line where Bowen made that run. So the moment he makes that run, I knew he was onside. I could see it. I could see it was right in line with it. Um, so that wasn't a concern for me. It was. It, it came out of nowhere. Mm. Like one minute, you know, just go, okay, this is going to go extra time, and then suddenly he's through. The ball's through, and he's he's one on one, and it's like, but that how did that happen? So sometimes you, normally you see the build up to moves like that. And the build up just came out of nowhere, and suddenly he's through, and it was like, it just felt like slow motion for me. He's through one on one. And everything just slows down, mm. and it's almost like I didn't lost the ability to hear. It went silent for a little bit for me, and I was like, and then the ball goes in the back of the net. Eruption. Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a couple of rows ahead. <laughs> um, there's people falling all over the place, people crying. I'm crying. Yeah, because you were crying. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, but then it was like, how long's left? How long? Then it was like, how long we got? And then they throw up like five minutes. It's like five yeah. minutes. Which I didn't think was too bad. I think it was too bad, but in the moment, it's like, where's he got five minutes from? <laughs> it's definitely not five minutes, and I was getting mad over it. It's yeah. like, all right, after the players have been celebrating in the corner for at least three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then we're getting the phones out, and we're like, time in five minutes, and it gets to five minutes after that. And I'm just like, it's been five minutes, we've blown the whistle. Screaming at him, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's incredible. I want one. Um, yeah, I mean, as the ball goes in the net, mental, absolutely mental, crazy feeling. What I do quickly want to like, give a nod to is the absolute sensational defending from every single man in a West Ham shirt after that moment. Yeah. Right at the end of the game, it was almost every header was won. Every on field, on the ground battle, you know, players are sprinting when they obviously got nothing left by that stage of the game, sprinting themselves into the ground to press Harry just do anything they can to make it awkward for Fiorentina to even get the ball in for now's up the, at that end of the pitch Paqueta still running his socks off and then Aguerd and Ogbonna and Suchek at the back a few commanding headers and really after the goal Fiorentina didn't have a sniff did they we didn't really get a moment of nerves and a couple of free kicks maybe um, that may have come close but overall I just thought it was uh, it was absolutely sensational from, from West Ham and a brilliant bit of game management at the end and then yeah uh, how long was it then if you were timing it how long injury time was there played because it, it did feel like it was like oh, ref, surely we're there now he played on another couple it was, over, it was over the five minutes it weren't quite six it was about yeah. 30 seconds over maybe yeah. something like that I was sort of re- I was like getting upset or emotional before the final whistle oh I was gone by then <laughs> I was gone <laughs> so like, the later it goes in that five minutes the more sure you are that you're gonna, we're gonna do it. Mm. So like the tears are already flowing before the referee, and then the referee blows, and I'm, yeah, I'm on the floor by then. <laughs> um, and you see the player, the, the staff are running on the pitch, and yeah. um, Unbel- and I, I took a glance over at the away fa- uh, the West Ham fans and the limbs. Like, yeah, it was, I've never seen anything like in my yeah. life. Like, Incredible. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Look, I mean, worth noting as well, mate. You put it out on Twitter this week. You went with your brother. And it would have been your dad's 60th birthday. It would have been, yeah. On the day of the final, unbelievable, like emotional moment for you and your brother. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always an emotional day whenever his birthday comes around. There's, go- I mean, you know, I'm not really one for stuff like that normally, but there's got to be some sort of poetic justice in all that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like we noticed it um, months ago. So I went into the final and then realised it was going to be on his 60th birthday. Um, and that's when I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is written in the stars a little bit, and we're going to go and win this. And 
we actually we actually have, and that's what added to the emotion for me and my brother really. That um, yeah, it was a good birthday present for him. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No, well, look, cheers to your dad, obviously, and cheers to all the other West Ham fans who, who couldn't have been there. I was lucky enough to be able to watch it with my dad yesterday, and. Yeah, you know, we've had the same thing. Leon away, it was last year. It's one of the moments we've spoken about countless times since. You were there with us, obviously. Um, and then with your brother for the for the second half of that game. And, yeah, they're just moments you'll just never, ever forget, no. aren't they? You know, just magical moments. And uh, one day, whenever we all sort of make our way off this mortal curl that we're all living on, those are the moments that you'll, for- like, you'll remember forever, aren't they? And... We were saying, weren't we, after the game, that all of the years of hardship and just honestly, like grimness of watching West Ham, it's not been an it's not been a net positive experience as it's in West Ham, especially if you're born when me and you were born. Um, and I'm just saying to like Dad and anyone who'd listen basically after the game, I sort of no longer feel cheated anymore. <laughs> I no longer feel cheated. Like by supporting West Ham, where all the years of like naff years under Allardyce in the Prem, the Avram Grant years, the the relegations, even you know the sort of Moyes first spell wasn't particularly good. Just existing, it seemed. Yeah. Uh, all of the trouble and you know anger and stress being moved away from Upton Park, where we all love watching football on the promise that oh your football team will be better, and then for five years the football team arguably being worse. Um, you know, it was all, it's been an sort of overall fairly meh, like grim, aggy experience supporting West Ham, wasn't it? And I'll be honest, before Moisey came round for his second spell, I was starting to fall out of love with the whole thing. Yeah. Just as a mix of everything, with you know the the ownership at the time and the, the apparent direction or lack of the club was going in the stadium. Everything. It was just like not a. We didn't look like we were going anywhere. I didn't recognise lots of elements of my club or our club anymore. But it just. It was that's we sort of even last night. We're even. We're quits again. It, it Me cer- and West Ham are quits. Yeah, it certainly makes all, going through all of that worth. Definitely. Worth it. I'd go through all that again. Yeah. If it meant at the end. I could have what we had last night. Well, what are you, 34? 34. 34? I'm 30. I don't know if I could do another 31 years of it, mate. Just for one winning final. Uh, well, <laughs> it needs to be more regular than that. to go 34 years. Maybe this is the start of something special, but... Hopefully. Um, it, it does, though. The relegations, the, the relegation battles, the countless number of rubbish footballers that we've signed over the years and that have had to pay yeah. money to go and watch. <laughs> Um, we should have been getting paid to exactly, go and watch something. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, just rubbish managers that we've had and losing player finals, losing FA Cup finals, and like, just all of that, all that pain. Um, all worth it for me. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Listen, we will carry on chatting a bit more about the, uh, the Conference League final. We'll go through some individual performances. We'll talk about what this means for David Moyes. There's been some Declan Rice movement since the final whistle and talk about through all the quotes and all the content and all that sort of stuff afterwards just a reminder you can follow us on socials at we are underscore West Ham I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones you can get us on Instagram at we are West Ham pod thanks so much by the way to all of you 
who have chipped into the Prague whip. You'll see we're enjoying a couple of them at the moment. We certainly had a few before, managed to get in a couple of pints together before the game yesterday and a few afterwards. And there's been a few of you on buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam in the build-up to this week who have bought us some pints. So we're very, very appreciative of that. You can still do that, of course, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam, as I mentioned. Get us on Facebook. And this video will be up on our YouTube channel at We Are West Ham Podcast, so make sure you go over and watch it because rather than just two blokes talking into uh, laptop camera screens over StreamYard like we normally do, we're actually together, we're in the middle of Prague, the backdrop looks alright and you can see me and James sitting next to each other in person. Give us a five-star review if you fancy it as well on Apple Podcasts and you can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com those of you who have got in touch about the We Are West Ham go down under when I'll be going down to Australia in the summer for the two games in Perth lots of you have emailed in about that already if I haven't got back to you already I'm sorry and I definitely will do but thank you very much we appreciate it that's wearewestampod at gmail.com if you want to email us stay with us because we'll have loads more on player performances Moy's future favourite bits of post-match celebrations and where we go from here all of that coming up next So, Jonesy, we sort of run through the emotions of the day. Um, really good that me and you managed to catch up beforehand and obviously have a few afterwards for a bit of a debrief. One thing you m- will have heard at the beginning of this podcast, and we may put it in now, I don't know, TBC, I'll let James decide when he's doing the edit it, uh, editing, but around know, 3.40 this morning, I think, in Cafe 80s, just off the main square in Prague Old Town, Jonesy and I uh, decided it would be a good idea, a good podcasting decision, after a few drinks, or several drinks, uh, to record a, a draft introduction to the podcast then, just, you know, with our raw thoughts sort of thing. We'd, uh, we'd had a few, so that'll you'll hear that at some uh, point, probably just after this bit, so excuse the swearing, that'll give you a laugh. That was post-match, Jonesy and I. Um, we've sort of run through the emotions of the day, James. As you mentioned, for me, it hasn't really sunk in properly yet, to be quite honest. I didn't say a lot afterwards. It was all a bit jading and a bit overwhelming. And I think that much is still true. What I'm really disappointed about is that the um, presentation trophy is going to take place tonight, which is Thursday, uh, while we'll still be out in Prague, so we won't be able to go. Sorry, the Open Top Bus Parade through East London. We won't be able to go, which is a shame because we're still out here. I understand that the club had to do that because Pablo Fornells is getting married on Saturday and loads of the players are going. So uh, they needed to get it done as soon as possible. Um, well, let's talk a bit more then, Jonesy, about the performances of some of the players. I think, were there any standout positives or negatives for you? I, I think Declan Rice, probably the main one for me, just seemed quite overwhelmed by the knowledge it's probably going to be his last game for West Ham and I would argue the game sort of passed him by Go past Beckham Rice by um, I think Fiorentina's tactics did a bit of a number on Rice I think they, they, they targeted him a little bit in midfield How so? Um, just don't, I don't think they gave him a great deal of space um, and because because they were they were dominating the possession they weren't really allowing him to, to, to impose his, his, his game on, on them at all, I don't think. So, that is true, yeah. Um, 
so he, he kind of he couldn't really get involved in when he wanted to because you know they were just making sure that they were keeping possession and when they did get the ball like well when we did get the ball like they were they were they were on top of him really quickly so because we know we know what he's like he, he's the type of player that will start some of those driving counter attacks and he mm. did it, he did it. Um, and he maybe did what two of those last night maybe not two even times I can remember when he picked up the ball and drove it forward yeah so like he, wasn't his best game. Wasn't his worst game either, to be fair. But um, the best, best, best West Ham player in my eyes was was Emerson. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Well, I had him at close quarters. Obviously, being four rows from the front on the side in the first half, I thought he was very good. Yeah. And I think it was one of those decisions before we all picked Cresswell in our team, didn't we? Yeah. Most West Ham fans wanted Aaron Cresswell to start the game. He, whether there's a bit of you know I think uh, Emerson now is the first player ever to win all five UEFA trophies the Champions League the Europa League the Conference League the Super Cup and one other the Euros the Euros of course with Italy yeah 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 um, clearly a big game player and perhaps it's in Moisey's mind what Aaron Cresswell did in the latter stages of the Europa League last year you know get, getting sent off the foul, Frank Fur, the foul, and um, you know I, I, the, the, the Leon game, obviously as well, and, and it looked like an inspired call, didn't it? Yeah, well, like you said, he's a big game player, so he's he's won it all now in Europe. Uh, he's played in many many finals, many Champions League finals, Euro finals. Um, so I would I would like to think that rather than him thinking of Cresswell last season. He was more seeing it as Emerson, a big game experience. Um, just maybe adds a little bit more um, on the day. So yeah, it was an inspired, inspired selection, I think. But he was, cla- he was cla- I thought he was class. Yeah. Didn't put a foot wrong. Defensively good. Good going forward when we did have the opportunity. Um, didn't give him a sniff down his side. Uh, just, just wonderful. Uh, he's definitely his best performance in a West Ham shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that much is certainly true. Um, I thought Nayef Aguirre played very well. Yeah. I thought Zuma didn't really do anything right or wrong. Or, or sorry, he, just, he was just fine. He earned his money, six out of ten, whatever. Same, I think, could be said for for Sufal. I think all the players worked hard. Um, Lucas Paqueta, he had an, He's just clearly so good, isn't he? Yeah. That. Him in third gear, he's still one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and I think he he was decent last night, probably a 7 out of 10. And even Antonio, it, it, he was okay, wasn't he? He worked hard, he, he couldn't have much of an impact on the game, so let's be honest. We, we just struck, we were clinical in the moments we got, weren't we, that come from, on the whole, it wasn't, we're saying, didn't have a lot of the ball, they didn't do much. So there's not too much you can pick out as positive, really, is there? No. Do you know what I mean? It was like a penalty. Yeah. And then uh, a very no- our only good open play move, basically, at the end that won it. Um, but, yeah, overall, I just thought... Suchek, again, I thought was a bit... I don't know if it was the occasion or it's just sort of what he's been like this year, but he barely had an impact on the game, other than winning a few defensive headers late on. Oh, that's why he was on the pitch, really, wasn't it? Just to just defensively make us a bit more solid. Um, I don't think he was in there to add anything to our midfield. A tackle or a completed pass wouldn't it, though, would it? Very true. But he's been like that all season. If anything, he's been like that for well over a year now where he's not really had much of a say or an impact on, on anything, really. He's kind of just been there. 
Um, I'm surprised he hasn't been dropped more, more than, he, than, than he should have done. I think. Mm. I mean, Moyes has stuck by him probably for too long, I think. Yeah. But, also, again, wasn't the worst performance from him. Police car just pulling up behind us, by the way. If you're not watching on YouTube, you won't be able to see it. It's not like it, uh, is it? Crimes against podcasting, maybe, are the charges? What do you reckon? Probably, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking a bit nervous, mate. Have you done anything wrong last night? <laughs> um, what did I do last night? So, Fornells comes on, obviously, off the bench as well. A couple of dodgy passes, and... He's just thinking about really his wedding at the weekend, wasn't he? Say that again? He's thinking about his wedding at the weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, perhaps so, yeah, yeah. But he... It's a couple of dodgy passes, you thought, oh, God. Because I wanted him to start, and I, I think, obviously, Ben Rama scores a penalty, which is OK, but I just felt like Moyes didn't give himself anywhere to go with his selection. Yeah. It was like... Well, if you start with maybe Cresswell and Fournals, obviously the Cresswell decision we spoke about, but start with Fournals, then... And it's an attritional game. Then you bring Bemarama and he maybe had something different. Yep. It's not the way he went. But then four hours after, he sort of took him a little bit to get into the game. Maybe he's a bit nervous. But then he was good as well. I thought. Were there any other stand-up performers? I, I just felt like everyone, bar Bowen, who actually won man of the match, was either a six or seven out of ten. It was like nothing spectacular, um, but nothing too weak either. Other than Rice probably being our worst player. Yeah, I don't think there was any more. St- like Emerson was the, the, the main standout. Um, and other than that, it was just a bog standard performance from everyone on the pitch. Um, wasn't, wasn't a terrible performance, wasn't the best performance, but it, there was enough in it to ensure that we were still in the game. Yeah. Right, um, Jonesy, what do, what do you want to talk about next? And you've got David Moyes and his future, the celebrations after the game. I was right by that famous video that's come out already uh, of him hugging his dad afterwards giving his dad who I think he's 87 his medal brought him down onto the pitch absolutely lovely scenes there yeah. you could talk about Moisey what it means for him Declan Rice David Sullivan has obviously come out this morning on TalkSport and effectively said that Declan Rice has probably played his last West Ham game which isn't that new news to anyone really we'll talk about Declan Rice's future or we could talk about Fans throwing cups and objects under the pitch, cutting the Fiorentina captain's head and the subsequent Fiorentina statement uh, saying it's all those West Ham fans' fault. If it wasn't for that, we would have won the game. Yeah, well, on Rice, quickly, I don't think it needs a great deal of conversation around it. Everyone knows that that was his last game in that West Ham shirt. I think, I think we've said goodbye to him now. Um, what a way to say goodbye. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, the, the best possible way for him to bow out. Um, we've known for ages that he's on his way out, and he'll get he'll leave. You know, with our blessing, fans aren't, aren't going to be annoyed with him for leaving. He, he deserves to be playing for uh, those playing the Champions League um, and competing for trophies all the time. He's got yeah. a trophy now. Yeah, but he should be competing for league titles. FA Cups, Champions League, so that's where he's going to go. And um, so I have some fans are thinking, oh well, now we're in Europe still. <coughs> that's shit. Excuse me. Who's sneezing, Jonesy? Um, now we're in Europe, back in the Europa League. Oh, might, might, that might convince him. Will it? It won't. No, of course not. No, he's no, got his time. Yeah, Dave, Dave Sullivan said, didn't he? he? Offered him 200 grand a week 18 months ago. He rejected that deal. It's cost him 10 million, or he would have earned 10 million quid extra in that time if he'd taken it. He wants to go, and you can't keep a, a player against his will. We know he's going, and I think that's sort of a conversation further in the summer, wherever he goes. Yeah. 
who knows, it's still all sort of speculation at the moment mostly. Um, just one thing on that then, I saw some muted criticism this morning sort of saying um, towards Sullivan are weakening our negotiating position and why are you speaking about it now? Worth knowing, he was asked. He went on the radio to obviously bask in a bit of the glory and he was asked about Declan Rice's future and he gave an honest answer to it, which wasn't that new. Are you sort of critical of that, his decision and his comments in any way? We didn't say anything that was massively new. Didn't, he didn't shock anyone with what he said. No, everyone knows exactly what the situation is. I mean, the only difference is, is that he's, he's admitted that he offered him two hundred grand a week and it was turned out. I think we even knew that, though. Maybe we That's did even know that. Before, like, yeah. When I saw that, I, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe yeah. that. I didn't know that. It was like, oh, right, OK. Right. So, I don't think you said anything. I just think the yeah, okay, he was asked. Maybe he could have just not answered it or not given it given it uh, a solid answer like yeah he's gone yeah, yeah. it could have gone obviously now's not the moment for now's that. not the moment let's not talk about, about West Ham let's talk about the fact West Ham won a yeah, trophy yeah, yeah. Um, but instead he's given a, a very thorough answer yep um, even though he hasn't really said anything in that answer no, yeah. no one really knows so. but he did also say which I thought was good that you know you couldn't have asked for a more committed player than yeah. Declan Rice this season yeah. which is exactly what we've seen I don't think he's, it was his best season at West Ham to be honest I think the season before um, the Europa League run was his, his best season at West Ham especially in the league as well but yeah a, a great way to sign off um, clearly loves the club Mark Noble saying as much afterwards as well, spending all the time. He genuinely loves West Ham. He's been a great servant, yeah. and that is the perfect way to leave, isn't it? He hasn't kicked up a fuss. He's tried his socks off until the very end, and if he goes, he'll go with all of our blessings. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Come on in, talk to me about Moisey. Wonderful to see him last night. They were actually muted. Well, not muted, because it was, it was fair. I would say the majority of fans were singing it. But you had the We've Got Super David Moyes chants going on. Not as raucously as they were sung in Leon, it's fair to say. That much is true. But it was it, they were still sung. There was still support for him. I think Declan Rice came out in his post-match interview and called him maybe the best West Ham manager ever. I think that's probably strong in it a bit. But he's certainly the greatest manager of the modern era. He's given us something we never thought would be possible. Um, where does it leave him? Your brother made the salient point last night at around 3.26am that if I was Moisey, I'd resign tomorrow. I'd resign tomorrow, that's it. Leave on a high. Whenever do you see managers leave on a high? It's like, all right, Ollie, I suggest it's time for you to leave. <laughs> and it will not be on a high because it's 3.26. You're looking a bit worse for wear. But I, I, I kind of understand his point. Um... What, what do you, what do you, where does it leave you with Moisey? Because we've been saying the only way I think there's a chance of him staying is if he wins a Conference League, and he has. And then if you look at our, the three things he's achieved over the last three seasons, our league positions have been well above average in two of them, and then our performance in a cup competition has been the best for nearly five, deca- uh, five decades. So... He's exceeded expectation in all three of the seasons in his second spell in different ways. Granted, there's been a dip in the football this year, but I don't know, where, where, does it, where does it sit with you now? Well, I think there's an argument to say that how does he improve on what he's currently achieved at the club? 
win the Europa League. Okay. We could win the Europa League. Yeah, but that's like but that's like saying to Pep, if he wins the treble this year. Of course, yeah. How do you improve on that? Like, we'll keep being but I, good. I think let's not beat around the bush though. Yes, he's been massively successful for West Ham. Um but in a way that there's no guarantee anyone else would be. Yes, exactly. But is he the manager? We're talking style of play here now. Yep. Is he the manager that we're going to want to stick with for the next five, six years? From a style of play point of view? Oh, I don't think he is. What he's achieved, incredible. I'll forever love the man. What he's given us. But I don't think he's the manager that we, want to, that we are, are realistically going to be sticking with for the next four, four five, six years. No, all right, well, that's not the question, though. Four, so, five, or six years, maybe not. He'd probably say the same as well, to so, be fair. But, I mean, if I was him, very similar to what my brother said. I said it a few weeks ago on the podcast as well. Died a hero. I'd rather, I'd rather him go out now on a high than him leave under a cloud in six months time after we started next season poorly we're in the bottom three but that's and not we've been there's no guarantee that will happen is there it's but not guaranteed but eventually that, that's the only way that managers leave football clubs these days is if yeah. they're either poached by someone else we know there's interest from Setwick yep um, or they've had a terrible start to the season and they, they go on a terrible run of games and then they're getting sacked I don't want to get to a situation where David Moyes has been sacked mid-season I, I want him to leave on a high or he's been posted by someone else yeah I don't want him to leave under a cloud because he, de- he don't deserve that yeah what he's achieved I don't I just don't think that that would be a good way for okay so right, let's have it right a legendary manager now. he's won yeah. a trophy he's a legendary manager at West Ham which just sounds mental to say well but that's yeah. what I'm going to say it's an odd thing to call him a legendary manager but you'd prefer it if he went <laughs> right I, I, I'm not saying to prefer it if he went or you think it would be better I just think I'd rather him go out like that than him go out as sacked because we've we've lost 15 games in a row. But in if, a he go, if he gets sacked because of what happens next year, that doesn't diminish anything he achieved in the first three seasons, does it? It doesn't, but it still leaves under a cloud, doesn't it? Pe- people but in long term, you know, Billich left under a cloud, but people still remember him as the manager who brought us the excellent last season at the Bowling. I don't really remember how naff we were the following season at no, London Stadium. Of course, Stadium, not, but he didn't Huh? He didn't win a trophy. No, and people still remember him fondly, is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, does it really matter? But, because it's not guaranteed, you talk, and lots of people who say that talk, from a stance that, ah, oh, yeah, when we're in the bottom three at the, after ten games next year, there's every chance that there's this no season in the league was just that. a blip. There's no guarantee. That, I mean, we, we, might have, we might have a really good season next season. Another one. Um, but it's like, the reason why I say that is purely if I was him. If I was him, I'd be like, like, if I leave now, I've left on the highest of highs. Yeah. Um, I could potentially go and manage Celtic Boyer Club. Yeah, I think if there's then, a if there's a move for him, five hundred million trophies in Scotland <laughs> in one season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there's a move for him, I think maybe. But if not, why would he walk away from a year's contract yeah. anyway? Then I get that. Like, he wouldn't walk away from the, just from a purely financial side of it. But all right then, so. You said what? You, what do you think will happen? Well, at the moment, I think he stays. Yeah, I think he stays. Um, having listened to his post-match interview yesterday, there was no hint that 
he was he had an eye on leaving. There was no hint that, no. that if anything, he was hinting at like what what's going to come. Chesney Hawks has just walked past. Chesney, Chesney, can you have a word? Yeah, it's been a w- weird live on a We Are West Ham podcast at the moment. That's my dad. Uh, yeah, Chesney Hawks just stopped by. Chesney, come and have a quick chat about the game yesterday if you've got two minutes. Thanks very much. Um, well, first of all, were you at the game? I was there, mate. How, d- how do you feel now? And how did you feel at the time? And just, we can't get our emotions out. It's no, all too much. I agree. It's like elation. I mean, I sometimes, what I've found just walking around the streets is like meeting all West Ham fans around, around Prague is that kind of feeling of pinching yourself like did that actually happen did I dream yeah, that yeah, yeah. What? that's not like West Ham to get a last minute winner and you know it's like you know, because we as our generation have not experienced anything like this you know so so it's like we really are pinching ourselves you know it's uh, it's insane but it was like Roy the Rovers stuff with that last minute goal from, from Bowen wasn't it it's just unbelievable as soon as it came through I knew we all knew that was it glad it was Bowen yeah well <laughs> definitely the one, the one thing we've been saying though because we're not used to it, like you say. What, what, what do you do now? What happens next? <laughs> we go and win the Europa League. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been saying. Right, right what, one more thing. Um, Moisey, we're just talking about it now. You're just coming to the end of our conversation about that. Yeah. Clearly emotional afterwards. What are your thoughts? What have your thoughts been on him this season? And where does it leave him now? What would you like to see happen? And what do you think will happen? I've kind of flip-flopped with this quite a lot this season. I think a lot of West Ham fans have. I am... Um, I've always been of the of the mind to stick with a manager and give him time, um, but then I think this season has been such a tough, tough road for us. Um, and there were times when I definitely said, "No, I, I think it's time for a change." But obviously, in hindsight, now that we've we've had actually a pretty good season, you know, um, I, I think I'm really glad that I'm got to give credit to the to the club for sticking with with yeah. Moyes because um, because obviously here we are. And there's a lot of other clubs that didn't do that and have, you know, gone down and, and had, a, had a tough time now, you know. So, you know, I think we've got to, we've got to keep him on this for next season. I would be happy to, to see Moyes, Moyes here for another season. Jonesy just made the point just now that if it was him, perhaps he would, he would you'd leave as, like, it's almost, should Moisey leave as a hero? Is he, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm to die a hero to him, so walking away from six million quid in your last year of your contract, probably not that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't buy my, you know, no, heroism no. or whatever the word is. But is, it, is there any credence in that, do you think? Yeah. I think there is. I think, I think uh, leaving on a high, same as Rice, really, you know, it's, uh, I think if he left, if he left now, um, he's a legend anyway now he's a West Ham legend he goes down in history with uh, some you know some of the greatest managers we've ever had and John Lyle you know it's like he's a, he's a, a European Cup winning manager for us it's fucking great isn't it it's, so, it's mad isn't it I know so yeah and I do feel the same about Rice I mean I know the news is out today that he's, uh, he's moving on for sure and um you know, I think we all knew it was coming, didn't we, boys? You know, it's uh, we all we all had that kind of like little minuscule thought chance that he might, you know, if we won this, then you know we're playing Europe, we're playing European football next year, Dex. Come on, mate, you know. But no, uh, I guess that wasn't meant to be. So. No, absolutely. Well, look, mate, we appreciate you. Uh, we're stopping off and having a chat for the We Are West Ham podcast. Just quickly describe what you did at both the Bowen goal and the final whistle because we've had some very varying stories it all just got a bit much for me we both cried James oh, is a crier anyway yeah. I'm a crier oh, he's a crier, a crier. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah it was, it was all very, I was worried he was offside 
So mine was oh, some of, course, of a yeah. muted celebration, but then the final whistle, just emotion. What did you do for the goal and then the final whistle? Well, for me, I'm with my my brother, my best friend, and my son, and and we're fa- it's a proper family affair, Amazing. and we were all together. And when that Boeing goal went in, like it was carnage where we were, absolute carnage. And it was that kind of moment, wasn't it? Because there was another five minutes, and we're all holding on to each other yeah, and like yeah, yeah. cuddling each other, and just you know, I almost hurt because my son was squeezing me so much. And, and when that final whistle went, all all five of us just burst into tears. Yeah, there was yeah. tears everywhere. There was a bloke bloke in front of us. Like real hard East End type of guy, you know, and uh, he, he he met me before. He's like, right, nice to meet you. And at the end, he had his head in my sh- in my shoulder, and it was wet. He was like sobbing in my shoulders. I was like, it's alright, mate. Let it out. Let it out. You know. He's like, I know. I'm sure. I can't believe it. You know? so, so it was just. I mean, I don't think I've ever been so elated in my life. And I've got three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's some hit records as well. <laughs> and a little success, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Chess, thanks very much for stopping by. We really appreciate you on the way on West Ham podcast. Cheers, boys. Sure. Enjoy yeah, yourself yeah, in Prague. What a time. And West Ham are European champions. We are Let us think in. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice little uh, impromptu stop by from, from Chesney Hawks there. Pop sensation. Jonesy, would you argue uh, that is the most spontaneous bit of podcasting we've ever done? Uh, 100%, yeah. I don't think we've ever been that, sort of, that, that spontaneous ever. So. No, definitely, definitely Plus. not. He may be one of the most famous guests we've ever had on as well. Uh, Probably by, by some way. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah, other than the two of us, of course. Of course, and yeah, all yeah. the West Ham legends of Eden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, well, massive respect to Chesney Hawks. His was the one and only, wasn't it? Yeah, that was his song. It, it was. There was two reasons why I didn't make a gag about it then. One because I wasn't certain that was his song, and it would have been horrifying if I'd have gone, <laughs> "You are the one and only," and he was like, "That wasn't me, mate. That was Spandau Ballet or whatever." <laughs> Spandau Ballet. <laughs> Um, and also, I was like, the bloke, we've just accosted the bloke in the middle of the street while he's trying yeah, to have a nice he's got of beers. Not really yeah. friendly or good form to take the mickey out of him. But um, yeah, quality stuff. There you go. Bonus guest, Chesney Hawks, for this week's pod. Um, I don't know where we were before. I think we got to the end of the Moisey debate. I just don't see there's any way he doesn't leave. I think he stays, yeah. Yeah, I think stay. he does stay. And you know what? I don't think it's as bleak as everyone says. I think this season could turn out to be a blip and, and things improve. But yeah, I, I feel he's going to stay. Whatever happens, unless Celtic come in, because I do think that would be a reasonable, a reasonable fit for him. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see on that front. And as, as Chesney Hawks just said, there, he's a legendary manager. Whatever happens yep. from here on out, so you know, I think the the end to this season should give us all renewed hope and excitement. And hopefully, we can make some wise moves in the transfer market. Um, there was one more thing, of course, James. So you had the fan trouble. Uh, I say trouble. It was all very well behaved during the day, of course. A couple of little clips of some ultras. I hate that term. Yeah. It's it's football fans who put on black t-shirts and think they're hard. Yeah. Uh, and calling themselves ultras makes them sound harder than calling them like black t-shirt brigade or whatever, yeah. which is what we should call them. But the I understand it was the Fiorentina black t-shirt brigade that ran through the town a bit earlier in the day. Little bit of fisticuffs, and that soon sort of went away, really. Um, but during the game, of course, as we saw, lots of lots of cups flying down from the West Ham fans. An odd decision to let fans drink in their seats, to be quite honest. There's a reason that rule is in at most football games, certainly in England. Um, and then, yeah, sort of, you, know, you don't really want to see that sort of thing. We just find it a bit stupid. But 
throwing a cup at the pitch, what are you doing? Like, just crack on, just boo. Like, yeah. you know, do what you normally do. So what's the point of throwing Gosh, a cup? I just rocks outside a corner as well. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, it's not like you're giving it to the fans. Exactly, yeah. 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 Celebrating. Bit, bit, bit a strange decision, I think. Yeah, that's, that was odd. But, um, yeah, obviously one of them struck the Fiorentina captain on the back of the head, drew a lot of blood very, very quickly. Um, comment on that situation first and then Fiorentina have uh, released a statement as well which I will read out but yeah just talk to me first of all about the, the general cut throwing that we saw um, and then that in particular incident which of course drew blood well I, I just I found it to be yeah you're right with regards to drinking the seats I was quite surprised that we were allowed to do that it was a bit of like oh like when I was walking through with my pint I was half expecting the steward to stop me and go no yeah, and it's kind of just let us all through. Um, so, but at the same time, whichever way you look at it, you just should be chucking any, anything at the pitch, What's the anything point? at players. Like, just no, you're not going to achieve anything out of it. Yeah. Uh, although Fiorentina uh, think otherwise, but all you've achieved is you've you've, you've assaulted a player. Essentially, yeah, and it's just yeah, it just makes the club look a bit silly. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it? It's yeah like you know we've. We've won the game. That's what it should all be about. Isn't yeah. It? Instead, we're being called out in the media yeah. for, for being yeah. hooligans. Yeah. It is so. worth noting that you know I'm not con- uh, condemned. Sorry, I'm not um, like you know saying it's okay. There is a word for that. Condoning. Isn't Condoning. I know it's similar to condemning. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I've had a couple of beers this week. It's been a long old week. Um, yeah, I'm not con- condoning it, of course, but there is a difference t- between that and like we saw running through the streets smashing up bars and yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff which to my knowledge no West Ham fans have done once again no. um, it just does make it easier for particularly European uh, clubs and media organisations to paint West Ham fans in a bad picture when on the whole it's been another fantastic European occasion yeah. uh, with the vast majority of fans behaving very well but Fiorentina statement Jonesy after the game Fiorentina strongly condemn what happened to their captain Cristiano Baraghi during the Conference League final last night Baraghi was hit on the head by an object thrown from the stand housing West Ham fans in the 33rd minute of the first half while he's about to take a corner this unacceptable behaviour obviously affected the performance of the footballer and his teammates who had their attention drawn away from footballing matters by threats to their own safety uh, the Viola captain, suffered, despite suffering a deep wound to his head requiring eight stitches, played on uh, and displayed the values of fairness, integrity and sportsmanship, which should be the benchmark for all football and that Fiorentina seek to champion with all of their power. The club is certain UEFA will thoroughly evaluate the incident and duly punish those responsible for this act, delivering an appropriate response and setting an example so that such situations never occur again. Sorry for spitting on you during that monologue. I wonder what that was. <laughs> I thought it was raining. Yeah, I thought it was raining. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, odd, odd. Obviously, we don't want to see it. Not great. Is there much in that or is it sour grapes? Right. They've got a right to feel feel annoyed about the situation. Uh, I think I think they they're clutching at straws by coming out and almost blaming them losing the final on that moment by going, oh, it affected the uh, the player and the teammates' performance. Like, nah, sorry, but that's just, just rubbish. It's not true. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have equalised. They were that effective. Yeah, they wouldn't have equalised against us. They would have lost four or five nil. In the end, heads would have completely gone. Yeah. So, 
Oh, it's just rubbish. They've come out and they've basically used it as a minimum excuse. It's, it's wrong what happened. They have a right to feel aggrieved, but uh, it's not why they lost the football match. No, worth, worth noting as well that West Ham released a statement saying they'll be pursuing the individuals involved and looking to bring charges and stadium bans and that sort of thing. So, again, sort of wally behaviour will yep. be um, probably met with you know, massive punishments for for mindless actions that didn't really achieve anything. So, um, yeah, a bit, bit of a strange one. But look, Jonesy, I think that sort of brings an end to our post-match reaction podcast. You can hear it in our voices, no doubt, how much we enjoyed the game last night, how much we've enjoyed the occasion. Certainly the post-match celebrations were something to behold as well. Um, have you anything sort of to add, really, before we, we bid farewell? No, um, it's been a really long season um, and it's ended in a way that I never thought was ever possible in my life and the happiest man in the world <laughs> and that's this year what I've got, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit emotional now, it's like, it's mad, yeah. we've won a European trophy, here we are. Yeah. What more can you say, mate? Smash. What more can you say? No, I totally understand. Listen, me and Jonesy are probably going to have a break, I think, for a week or two. I'm, of course, back in the summer and we'll be out in Perth filming and recording lots more content for the podcast and the YouTube channel. So keep in touch with us then, of course. We will do our usual end of season review pod in a couple of weeks, I'd say, Jonesy, wouldn't you? Give ourselves a little yeah, bit of so. time to rest and recuperate, yeah. and then we'll be back for the end of season pod uh, review pod, as we always do once we're back in London. But as James said, really, it has been a difficult season. We understand why fans have had their grievances at times, particularly the match-going fans who have to watch it and pay good money and spend a lot of time to watch what at times has been frustrating, annoying, depressing football. But if we experience what we experienced last night, surely each and every single one of us would take that time and time again. We achieved the exact same prize this season of qualifying for the Europa League as we did when we come sick for a couple of seasons past. Technically, prize-wise, we've done better this year than we did last year. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy, isn't it? I'd rather do that every year. Yeah, I know people will argue it's a more noble endeavour to make it by qualifying through the Premier League, but what was more enjoyable, honestly? Like the difference between coming fifth, sixth, and seventh, there's obviously a few decent performances, a few wins in the Prem, but ultimately, what's more enjoyable? If you were to qualify for the Champions League, we asked this already, we might win the Europa League next well, year. I'd rather win a trophy every season, of course, yes, mate. Of course. So, look, absolutely brilliant stuff from David Moyes in Europe this season. Unbeaten as well. Unbeaten throughout unbeaten. the whole competition. Oh, and I did, I did notice that Ghent uh, uh, tweeted the club apologising for the draw. Yeah, So yeah, it wasn't a yeah. 100% record. 100% win uh, So they've, they've apologised, but congratulated us yeah. at the same time. So. Yeah, a phenomenal achievement from West Ham. It really hasn't sunk in for Jonesy or I yet, and I think lots of West Ham fans are talking to around here in Prague it's been a long slog for most of us particularly the match going ones amongst us and I think you could tell that last night 
And I'm not saying if you're still a match going fan, but if you have been for a considerable amount of time at any point of your life, you know what it's like. It takes a lot of your time and energy, money, takes away some of your plans and you have to organise your life around West Ham. For those of us like me and James and all of you out there listening and all of you here in Prague, that that was that was that was for everyone who spent any time, energy and money on West Ham before, particularly during the long, frustrating times where it had been properly easy to walk away from the club. Absolutely amazing. I'm sure it will sink in probably over the next few days. Starting with the trophy open air bus tour through East London, which by the time you're seeing or listening to this will have happened already. It will continue to sink in over the next few days. But I just want to say thanks so much for listening and watching the We Are West Ham podcast this season. Your support has been superb. With the engagement levels are up this year. Our numbers are up, listening numbers, YouTube subscribers, general engagement levels, followers numbers on, on socials. It's all, we've grown this nice and organically. We love the community that we've fostered here. We try and have it as a bit of an ag-free environment, unless Saeed Ben Rama and Mikel Antonio are our points of discussion, of course. But we love what we've done. We love all you guys who get involved. Thanks so much for listening and for your support this season. West Ham United are European champions. Surely, surely anything that's gone before is worth it for that. If anything, it might actually be a good time to give up. Jonesy wants Moisey to quit on a high. I think I just might. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks probably. Don't forget, West Ham are massive. Up the hammers. Thanks for your support. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. This week's podcast was sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, Australia. Thanks to Miriam and her company's huge generosity, we are West Ham are going down under this summer where I'll be flying out to Perth for West Ham's two pre-season friendlies against Tottenham Hotspur and Perth Glory. I'll also be hosting a live podcast event in Adelaide, none of which would have been possible if it wasn't for Miriam's generosity. So, if you are selling a property or need any conveyancing services whatsoever in Adelaide or the wider Australia area, then make sure you give Miriam a shout. Miriam Errington Conveyancing, who is the sponsor of this week's We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.